we looked very briefly at uh, at the operatory from Divine Service 1 and 2. Based on 116 as it is, you'll notice that it's quite distinct from the one using Divine Service 3, or as you had before you, TLH. Do we have a page number where the creating me is in the TLH? 12. 12, okay. So if you have a, a Luther hymnal, please turn to page 12. No, there's two actually. The other one's in yeah, 22. One. 12, uh, 12 or 22, 12. I think. 22 in that one. Yeah. Well, there, there's, there's, two, there, there's two services. One, one is page 5 and one is page 15, if I recall. So. The 12 is the offertory. Yeah, look at the blue ones. Yeah, he's got 22. Oh, in years. Oh, mine has 22. But they're different. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're different wording? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. 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 Verses out of the Bible that we've taken, put liturgy. I always sing them to myself. When I, oh, you know, you like this one, like literally? that. What shall I render to the Lord? Yeah. If that shows up in my my devotion. Mm -hmm. In my head, I'm singing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know that that is a, a beneficial way of learning mm -hmm. the words, right? I mean, so there's there's any number of songs I think concerning the books of the Bible, the books of the Old Testament, the books of the New Testament. Um, I guess you could you, you can almost say I mean there, there's some Old Testament New Testament accounts that are kind of songs to melody. You know, remember Nicodemus, Nicky who, or Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Remember, yeah, wee little man was yeah. he. You know, uh, you know, so it's set to music that's you know also a memory device you know, to help us recall those things. Would someone read um, from either page 12 or 22 from TLH, the offertory there? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Amen. All right. So, I mean, the, these words, of course, are different uh, than we would see in the other offertory. And... What's interesting here, especially, is that we've already confessed our sins in the divine service. Uh, you know, as we sing this in the divine service, we've already confessed our sins. And yet, um, what is the context in which this psalm, Psalm 51, was written? David's sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. So if you look at the introduction, uh, oftentimes it's the words before verse 1 mm -hmm. in the psalm. Yeah. We have to the choir master, a psalm of David when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So Nathan the prophet was had confronted David about his sinfulness, about his sin, and there is where David, and this is 2 Samuel chapter 12, I think, where David um, says, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan responded, you shall not die. This psalm of David is about that confession of sin that he made. Uh, that he made, and, uh, and so in that context, 
Interestingly enough, we have the words of the offertory as we have in Divine Service 3 and then in TLH as well. Um, and I, I've mentioned this, but uh, especially in the, in, in, the, uh, in the liturgies of the Lutheran service book, there are the Bible references there. And, and that's uh, predominantly what we're using for, for uh, referencing and study. So Psalm 51, verses 10 to 12, just read, creating me a clean heart, O God, which, which recognizes what about our hearts in the first place? They're black. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, so, so David says that in another place in, in one of the Psalms. In sin, my mother conceived me, right? Um, you know, so this acknowledgement, well, why would I need to have a new heart created if I was already good? Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, so this confesses something, and it's also a, a true prayer, creating me a clean heart of God. Renew a right spirit within me. Um, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Uh, again, we have reference to uh, salvation. And, and notice the joy of your salvation. Joy comes with salvation. Did I tell you that the, the time that, uh, that uh, Luther's wife, Katie, no, where, where Luther actually was walking around for, I, I think, more than a couple days, from what I recall, depressed? was depressed moping around and you know and and she asked the question is God dead he's dressed in black yeah right he He was in mourning I guess you could say right but but she asked is God dead and he said no (laughs) and then I think her response was something like you're acting as if he is oh I expect to hear well you're going to be the next time you're gone this morning (laughs) yeah so restore to me the joy of your salvation. Now, as as uh, as we're aware in Ecclesiastes chapter three, there is a time to mourn and a time to dance too. Um, you know, the, there are times when we don't. How should I say? I want to be careful here, where we don't feel God's presence or we don't feel God's grace. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we don't have it. It just means we're not feeling it at the time. And and by the way, faith is not based on based on what God reveals in his word for his son. And that's, that's where we know it's there. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Okay. Any any questions or comments about the operatory here before we move on? Yeah. So in that same chapter of Psalm 51, where it says, uh, <clears throat> Behold, I was brought forth in the name of the and sent with my mother. Point of reference. It's all in the same song. Yeah. They even knew of original sin back then. You you might also recall that in uh, Genesis 6, before God sends water on the earth to flood it universally, remember that he said that man from his youth is wicked. And also in Genesis chapter 5, even there, after Cain killed his brother Abel, when Moses is giving the genealogy, beginning with Adam and then Seth and then down the line, 
he comments that Seth was born not that, that Seth was conceived and born in the image of Adam, in the likeness of Adam, not in the likeness of God. Right. So I mean, that's that's where we see, and of course, uh, Adam and Eve, after they fell into sin, of course they were ashamed of their nakedness too. Right. Um, you know. So so we we see it, uh, of course, all the way back then too. And this is something that David acknowledges. Um, his sinfulness, and and notice, I mean, when we when we speak about prayer, it's not it's not also it's it's not a demand of God. It's humbly coming before Him, asking Him to do, right? Not us coming before Him and driving Him or demanding that He do it, unless, and I say unless, it be based on fear. You know, so so in other words, if if we don't feel forgiven. Um, or if we don't sense we're forgiven, you know, we, we, we certainly may pray to God, God, give me the certainty of your forgiveness. You know, not not in a demanding kind of way, but in a in a faithful, confident kind of way too. You know, and we see this in the prophets, how they will speak to God or address God, you know, in, in various at various times, referencing or referring God to what he said. But if you recall, when, for example, when uh, when the people had committed idolatry in the Golden Calf incident, and God said, basically, I'm going to destroy these people, and I'm going to give the promise to you alone, Moses intercedes for the people, and he reminds God of God's promise. That's what prayer is, right? Calling on God to fulfill his promises and to be faithful. In, in this offertory, we also see, uh, you know, our response to, or man's response. You know, God gives his benefits, and then we have these uh, words, I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I will call on the name of the Lord. Why? All of this is couched with the Lord giving his benefits. Also, taking the cup of salvation and calling on the name of the Lord, that's twice that that's there. Pay my vows to the Lord um, in the presence of all his people in the courts. Um, where else can we go from here? All right, uh, just a kind of a brief overview of the word offering in the Bible. I figure that might be worthwhile to take a look at. You know, if we're talking about offering and offertory. Uh, sample of the word offering. It has various meanings uh, throughout the scriptures. Uh, it can mean gift, contribution, tribute, first fruit, or sacrifice. Perhaps among others. Uh, Genesis 4, verse 3 to 5. Uh, let's take a look at that. And we'll, we'll see kind of uh, the first the first case of giving an offering to the Lord. Now, remember, this is before the sacrificial system in Exodus. Uh, God's instructing the people and the like. And, and we, we might recall, too, that Abraham sacrificed to God. So that, that seemed to be... Uh, you know, kind of a practice as well, giving to God. And we see in verses 3 and 5, or 3 to 5, uh, Cain giving an offering, and then also Abel giving an offering. In verse 3, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an, an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flesh and of their fat portions. 
And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was angry. Okay. Um, this is just one example, of course. But, uh, you know, and, and this is probably on another slide as well, but since we're here, it might be worth uh, uh, referencing. What was, the, what was the difference between the offerings given by Cain and Abel? Why did God accept one but not the other? Say that again. One was from the heart and one wasn't. Now some might, might be uh, led to say, oh, well, that's Cain's was not accepted because he gave from the fruits of the earth. Uh, but notice in the English translations especially, uh, what kind of offering did God or did Cain bring? He said, or it, the text says, an offering. Uh, Whereas, whereas uh, Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock. There's a difference in kind, uh, not with reference to, uh, not with reference to whether it was a fruit or vegetable or an animal. Uh, but you know, as, as, uh, as was mentioned, yeah, it had to do with faith, right? And we also, uh, you know, we might reflect on the fact that uh, that offerings uh, as given by God or as, as commanded by God to be given him in the temple were various kinds too, right? I mean, it was not only animals, but also we had the showbread, we had uh, grain offerings. Uh, wine offerings. Wine, yeah. Cain was angry because God didn't accept his offerings, but he probably didn't. He probably presented given it the first place. Yeah. Yeah, and the response, I mean, you know, Cain really shows and illustrates his unbelief, doesn't it? You know, he might have thought that he had a right to be angry, but, but then what does the Lord say to him? Why are you angry? If you do well, will you not be accepted? I mean, so he was not doing well. That was the problem. If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, its desires for you, but you must rule over it. Um, he, he remained in his sin. You know, instead of being angry at the Lord's word, he should have repented. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, in, in our day, of course, it's, it's, it's always been this way, but people give to God thinking that it's because of their giving that God accepts them. You know, so uh, um, you know that that's 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 something that uh, is is continuing and remains to be a struggle today. People think that by what they do, by what they give, they are acceptable to God, rather than see that it's not by what we do, but by what God has done in Christ that He accepts us. We'll hear we'll hear that again this coming Sunday. The the text actually is uh, is from Mark concerning the baptism of the Lord. Where, where the father says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased, because God is pleased with his son, so also through faith, God is pleased with us, through faith in his son. Um, so there's some characteristics, too. I just want to run through this uh, kind of briefly, unless there's uh, you know questions for it. But the kind of offerings include sin, burnt, grain, peace, free will, etc., etc., etc. Some characteristics of them, 
Uh, they're perfect, unblemished, and undefiled. Now, that'll come up uh, a little bit later in the New Testament specifically because these characteristics also illustrate and show forth the sacrifice, right? So we, we have like Hebrews chapter 2, we have various other places, you know, where Paul says, you know, that Christ was up without sin and so on and so forth. Uh, he was, Hebrews says that he was in every way as we are, flesh and blood, and yet without sin. He was unblemished. Peter speaks of this in the, in 1 Peter chapter 1, you know, that, that he is unblemished. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, we also have reference to uh, how Jesus will present his bride of the church unspotted and unblemished, right? I mean, so there's there, there's that reference to that. Um, the sacrificial system, of course, truly points to Jesus Christ as the sacrifice for our sins. Notice also the firstborn, um, not only of, uh, of animals, in, in, in the... Uh, you know, in the Old Testament, yes, it was of animals, but remember the firstborn male, there was to be redemption. You know, um, and then also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, also for the Levitical priests as well, there was to be a sacrifice, a redemption price for them. And of course, then we see in Christ the firstborn, uh, the only begotten Son, who, who sacrificed himself. <coughs> uh, let's, uh, let's go to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9. In reflection of this. <clears throat> Verses 13 to 15. Could someone read those verses, please? For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of pepper, for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, but cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? All right, thank this you. reason he is mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. All right, thank you. And then also, uh, uh, can someone else read uh, verses 1 through 4 of chapter 10? <coughs> For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, then continuing, of course, then there's reference to Christ. He came into the world... In verse 5, it's recorded, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body gave have you prepared for me. Um, I have come to do your will, O God, in verse 7, as it, it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that once and for all, 
sacrifice of the Lord Jesus takes care of all other um, sacrifices, saying that they're unnecessary because Jesus Christ fulfilled when he said it is finished on the cross. He fulfilled all the other sacrifices. Um, so, uh, so, so then, you know, that that is is uh, you know a way that we uh, that we look at also when uh, when the psalmist writes of the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of prayer, the of praise, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, these are responses to what God has done for us in Christ. It's not that they merit God's goodwill towards us. We already have that, and because we do, then therefore. We will we will speak this way. We will live this way. Uh, we will seek to uh, you know put down our old sinful man and put on the new you know, kind of thing. All right. We read Genesis four one through seven, or at least not all of it, but we read parts of it and talked a little bit about the difference between Cain and Abel's offering. Um, I would like you to turn to uh, Mark chapter twelve in the New Testament. Totally leave Cain and Abel. Yeah. Uh, just throw this out. I, I think we get so fixed on the offering thing that we maybe what Sylvia was talking about the heart. And I know it's reading between the lines a little bit, but but the, the kind of end result is Cain's got a problem with Abel. And and they're like a chip off the old block. I mean, you know, the original sin in the garden. You know, Adam's blaming Eve, and Eve's blaming the snake, and you know they're they're doing the blame game. And rather than Cain receiving the admonition from the Lord, right. he's got to pass it off onto his brother. And it seems so much like our human nature, yeah, like our first family. Yeah, to, we don't like to be criticized, and when we are, we like. Play blame, you know. Well, it's this or it's that, or it can't be my fault. No, not really. Mm-hmm. So you know, or or it manifests itself in envy and jealousy. Right. And and I think what bubbles to the surface is really his hatred for his brother. Yeah, and, and I would add, I would say hatred towards God too. Well, of course. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, like why are you pointing this out, God? I mean, you know, I'm, right. I'm doing what I can. I brought an offering to church. You know, and it's right, like, right, yeah. check that box off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. so mechanical. Right, and and so so I I think this text here in Mark 12, you know, is related because in Mark 12, of course, that's the account of uh, of the widow's offering, and he sat down opposite the treasury that is Jesus. And watch the people, verse 41, putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. If we just stop there, if we look at this without the eyes of faith, how else can that be understood except Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about? Right? I mean, how, how could how could how could this uh, how could this penny's worth be of any value to quote the kingdom? Everything is God's to start with. Yeah. You know, we're just giving back what we got for him. 
Anyway, if you can't give it in a good spirit, you don't want it. Well, okay. To, to continue playing devil's advocate, well, how, how can how can the how can the temple how can the church continue to function if? But if everybody gives like she did, uh, out of love, the church would would function because they would she gave everything you had. Everybody yeah. gave everything you had. Church would. I mean, this could, this could lead into a discussion, of course, is the church about money? No. The Lord uses, right? We we use money, uh, you know, as, as God enables. Um, but but here, I mean, notice what Jesus says um, in verse 44. They all contributed out of their abundance. And, and by that abundance, of course, the... Uh, Know, the, the service continued there. However, what is God looking for? She out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. <coughs> Which demonstrated what? Even though she, she gave so very little. She had to fake she that, had faith that, she had that faith. he was going to take care of her. Yeah. And, I mean, amazingly, the, the Lord still provides, you know, for his people. You know, um, whether they are able to give much or little. Right? I mean, it's, uh, and, you know, what does, I mean, certainly offerings, the giving of offerings demonstrate faith, right? Um, and, and you know, again, when we when we looked at stewardship, you know, still the idea is that when we think of offerings, we're thinking primarily of what? Money. Money. But it's not just money. It's time. It's time. Uh, you know, we, we use the, time, the, the word time, talent, and treasure, right? Talent, ability, you know, and, and the like. Um, these are all involved with these things, um, and it, it's it, it's it's amazing to me if, if uh, you know we, we still do this in our society. We we kind of oh ah you know if, if somebody gives millions of dollars, but if they if they're billionaires, you know I mean you know and, and it, it's amazing to me you know okay I, I'm, I'm going to uh, combine. Uh, you know, kind of analogies here, but when you say follow the science, um, how about follow the numbers? A lot of times in crime, they tell you to follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when uh, we were in a different congregation, I was the person who counted the money, and I hated the job because you knew how much everybody gave. But at the same time, I had one person that came to me and said, I donated a basketball goal. This is how much it was worth. And I went, no, it's not. So you end up, you know, saying, I'm not going to put down that. So you got a person you're making mad. But you know what? You shouldn't be asking somebody to do something they shouldn't do. They wanted it to count toward their tithe. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, but they wanted it to be worth a lot more than it was worth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I read about somebody like that in the Bible. I, I think Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. yeah. You know, in Acts chapter 5. Yeah, remember, remember um, that, that account. Let's turn to it real quick. Uh, there's a couple things there that I'd like to draw your attention to. Acts chapter 5. And for the sake of time, uh, permit me to read it. 
A man named Ananias, verse 1, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds. And he brought only part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. So in other words, he, he kept back, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the full amount, or from the full amount. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And then also, uh, he died, and then, uh, of course, his wife uh, also died as well. They were in it together. Now, um, you know, this is this is very striking because both Annas, Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira, you know, agreed to give a certain amount, but they kept some of that amount back for themselves. And and notice uh, specifically that, uh, you know, what, what uh, Peter says, you know, you have lied to the Holy Spirit, but then he says you have not lied to men but to God, which means that the Holy Spirit is who? God, right? Um, I mean, th this is this is amazing because it's not just uh, you know if someone says, well, the spirit is not God, right here, you know, we, we see that uh, you know that, that phrase that identifies the one uh, with the other as well. And and notice, you know, if, if you're going to give a certain amount to God, right, you're going to vow to give a certain amount and give that certain amount, you know. Um, and Ananias and Sapphira didn't. But we also notice, too, in, in verse 11, you know, the result, too. Great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Um, you know, God, or, you know, words and promises to God are not to be taken lightly. They are not to be given lightly either. You know, so, uh, and that's another facet, I think, of our culture. Again, generally speaking, uh, that we've, that, that we're uh, losing sight of as a culture, you know, and uh, you know certainly I, I think it would be kind of naive to say that we are not uh, being influenced by that in the church either, because we definitely are. Right. So, uh, so something to, to think about. Now um, we're we're kind of running up on time, but Exodus 25. I encourage you to to read the the remainder of this um, on your own as you have time. But in Exodus 25, remember that's where God, um, through Moses, called the people to give their offerings for the building of the tabernacle. And what, what's amazing with this is, you know, Moses told the people, okay, here's what we need, and the people kept giving and giving and giving. Now, if you recall, where did they get the stuff from in the first place? Of course, ultimately God, yes. But they took it from Egypt. Yeah, so it really wasn't theirs to begin with, right? Um, and, and we kind of lose sight of that, too, because everything that we have is actually a gift from God, which is not ours originally anyway, um, even life, right? Is it Paul and Timothy that says, naked I came into my, or naked, well, actually, Job says that, right? Naked I came and naked I will go. But, uh, you know, Paul to Timothy, um, you know, says, uh, you know, speaks similarly. You know, we've, we've brought nothing into the world. We're going to take nothing out of the world. Um, let's see. Yeah, here's a here's an interesting point. Does God need our offerings? Who is God that He should need anything from me? Yeah. 
Hosea chapter 6. Mm. Hosea, of course, Old Testament. Where are we again? Hosea 6. And of course, you know, we... Uh, We, we don't have time now, but but just, just uh, again recognizing, referencing uh, the context in which Hosea is speaking. You know, calling the people to repentance. But in verse six, he says, "I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice." We've heard that before from Jesus, actually. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. You know, it's it's not uh, it's it's not just about giving, right? It's first and foremost about believing and then giving. I, I know in some congregations, and maybe you've seen this before, some congregations will say, you know, we'll, we'll have something in the bulletin or, you know, reference made like, to, you know, in the offering, visitors are not, you know, required to give. Well, we, we can't say required anyway, right? Uh, but, but at the same time, um, you know, some notices are given in, in some congregations that, okay, it's not necessary for visitors to give money. You know, it, it, it's almost like this uh, this uh, mandatory thing. The offering plate is coming. Okay, I've got to put something in. So you grab from whatever you have and give. Um, but uh, when the Lord speaks about giving, he's not talking about just whatever comes up, right? Uh, but first and foremost. Um, 